Hello, and welcome to the Wild Blue Podcast, perspectives on aviation lives, lifestyles, and business. Hi, this is Chris Kirk with Todd Mitten here at Wild Blue Aircraft Sales. Todd? Hi, Chris. How are you today? Good, good. Hey, this podcast is where we focus on uh, aviation lives, uh, lifestyles, and business. But today we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, some things that buyers typically run into when they're trying to buy an airplane. In fact, uh, this segment of our podcast is sponsored by our very own Wild Blue Aircraft Buyer Services. So if you've been uh, looking for an airplane, whether it's your first or whether it's your 15th, and you're just tired of uh, chasing down misleading ads or, or airplanes that have long ago sold, or just maybe a little unsure about pricing and uh, some of the nuances that go on with that airplane, give us a call. Uh, our goal here is to try to get you into the first, into the right airplane the first time, and we'd love to work with you. So uh, hopefully we will hear from you. But one of the things that we find as we're going through the uh, the process of uh, whether it we're representing a buyer or as we're working with a seller and the buyer on an airplane that we've listed is the pre-buy process. So, um, Todd, I know you've got a lot of thoughts. In fact, this segment was your idea. So, why don't you lead us off here? And uh, you know, I mean, what are your thoughts on pre-buys? You know, are they necessary? What's what's the scoop on? Because you know that, yeah, that's a there. Uh, I've learned a lot in the years I've been working with you here at Wild Blue uh, about pre-buys and about different thoughts and 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 I think the the first the very first thing is let's get the elephant out of the room is a pre-buy necessary and I uh, I think yes is the answer almost always so I, I do want to say that that we can talk about scenarios where they may not be necessary and then, and then within that, we can also talk about scenarios like how how um, extensive should a pre-buy be, and that may depend on scenarios. So there's definitely some some uh, topics uh, that that we can cover. So first off, though, is a pre-buy necessary? Ninety percent of the time, I would say yes. Uh, and so. We can talk about the ninety percent, or we can talk about the other ten percent. So why why do you say that? I'm curious what your well, what's your perspective on that? My perspective is that you know pre buy airplanes are uh, you know there's so many expensive things that can't be seen without a without a mechanic's eye and taking things apart and looking and evaluating. And of course, I, I include a thorough uh, evaluation of the logbooks in this. You know, you may have maybe the the seller has told you there was no damage history because I know you we've had this happen. Oh no, there's no damage history. And then we go through the log books and what do we find? Damage, damage history. history. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, that's part of a pre-buy is going through the the log books. But the part two that we're getting at the mechanical part of taking off panels, looking having a mechanic that's looking for things that he or she knows is prone to that that type aircraft you know there maybe maybe corrosion where you would find it in that type aircraft or, or fuel leaks you know some some airplanes have a reputation for having fuel leaks or or the windshield doesn't heat on a on a mirage or something like that so there's a lot of nuances that make a pre-buy necessary almost all the time but i'll also say that in certain cases 
if an annual has just been performed on the airplane, I mean just been performed, you know, in the last mm-hmm. few weeks, and and the seller lets you evaluate that, you know, maybe see the invoice and call the shop that performed it, and, and, and you can ascertain the reputation of the shop, you can ascertain the quality of the of the annual inspection, you just get a feel for it, that's probably just as good because a reputable mechanic should fix what's wrong with the airplane. Uh, that's my opinion. What do you think? I think you're right, Todd. And you just made me think of something here. And this is, this is going to kind of be aimed at sellers. So uh, sellers, owners of airplanes, you're looking at selling somewhere down the road. Uh, you can save yourself a lot of time and hassle and money by really documenting thoroughly the maintenance that you perform on that airplane. So you get a buyer that's interested in the airplane. That buyer is going to be far less likely to want to really dig deep into that airplane if you've got thorough write-ups that, that describe everything that was done as opposed to you know the ones that we see that uh, you know annual complied with this date and there's just a <laughs> yes. few scant details uh, and, and you, you kind of start to wonder okay I mean really how thorough did this guy get probably not very but right that should raise some questions as a buyer right off the bat like okay the annual was done even if we're talking you know six months ago and that's all it says is complied with that's not very descriptive yeah you know maybe i think maybe an exception would be if if you're uh if you're the kind of person that has a lot of experience in a specific make and model and and you know what you're looking for uh and maybe here's another example uh on an airplane actually it's one that we're working with a customer right now on buying and the engine is at TVO. Well, you know, for the most part, for all intents and purposes, all we care about is that the engine gets the airplane home safely. But we're not really concerned about compressions. We're not really concerned about oil analysis. We're not really concerned about the time left on the accessories uh, because we know that all that stuff is going to have to be right. done. So now we're just looking at, we're, we're mainly looking at avionics and airframe at that point. Yes, yes, that's a great point. So that can that can drive the... the uh extensive how extensive the pre-buy is what else can drive how extensive the pre-buy is well i think uh one thing we ought to talk about here todd is is uh you know what is a pre-buy and what is it not you know a lot of people won't even use the term anymore pre-purchase inspection yes, yes. they'll use that pre-purchase survey it's a legalism but it, uh, you know, a lot of folks, a lot of shops have been burned because they didn't discover something and probably could never have discovered it, but the buyer thinks that they should have and then they get sued. So a lot of shops anymore will only do a, what's called a pre-purchase survey where you have to give explicit instructions on what you want them to look at. So you're defining the scope of the inspection and that's it. They're not going to look at any more. They're not going to look at any less. And... Uh, other and, and those shops that do that will typically, uh, if they do an inspection like that, uh, they'll they'll also do an annual. But there's some shops out there who won't do even the pre-purchase survey. The only way that they're going to do it is you get a full annual on the airplane, and so uh, you, you really have to ask the shop that you're working with how they define it and what exactly is going to be looked at and what you know decide what your expectations are and decide what their expectations are. And there obviously there's going to be a difference in cost between a a mere quote-unquote pre-buy, whatever we want to call it today, and yeah. an annual inspection. And so 
who's paying that cost? I think we know. I'm, I shouldn't even ask the rhetorical question, but you, you the buyer, are paying that cost. So, uh, you know, I don't know I'd want to pay for a whole annual for an airplane you find out partway through you didn't want to buy. But that does bring up the point about we could, uh, this, you know, we just talked about the scenario where an airplane has just come out of annual. What about an airplane that's 10 or 11 months into its annual cycle and now is being sold? You know, what's a, what are your thoughts on that? Well, why wouldn't you want to do an annual at that point? It's, it's already taken apart. Yeah, unless unless maybe you you know the airplanes in one part of the country, you're in another, and you really like your home mechanic, so and you want to get it home to him to have him do the annual. But I, I kind of wonder why you know why wouldn't you just go ahead and and do it at that point, and uh, you know save save money. Now, yeah, you like you said, you might be putting yourself at risk for having to pay for the uh, the seller to have an annual. But, you know, that's, that's where a good buyer's agent comes in. And on the selling side, where a good broker comes in for you as well, is to really nail down and define what, again, the scope is of the inspection and who's going to pay for what ahead of time. So, you know, it's, it's good to build those fences ahead of time so that uh, you're not trying to uh, uh, fight about it later. So That is really critical in that scenario where you're going to roll right into an annual to have a, a defined point where, where the pre-buy stops and all right let's work out did we find a mm-hmm. problem that we need to negotiate out and we do on occasion that's why these these inspections exist because problems are found so so we do at that point find a uh, if if we find something we stop we negotiate that out and then we close the deal is the way we do it at wild blue you know then the deal closes and and now it's your airplane as the buyer to continue the annual and maybe address things that were important to you but were never important to the seller on the airplane. That yeah. happens a lot. Maybe there's a, something you want to add. You, while it's in the shop, you want to put a different radio in or something. Now, do you, we touched a little bit of this, on I think, on the last podcast, but do you, um, as, the, as a seller, should you be expected to pay for everything that pops up in that inspection or, or what... What really is uh, what's really important for the uh, the buyer there? Well, now do you mean do you mean everything that's that's found that's wrong that needs to right, be repaired? Right. What, what should a seller be expected to pay for, if anything? Well, first of all, just of course the work done for the pre-buy, the basic work. Now to move on to what's discovered, uh, that's always negotiable in my mind. Uh, but you may. Uh, uh, in general, that's probably mostly going to be the buyer's response or the seller's. Excuse me. Let's be clear: the seller's responsibility, but not always, because if it it, uh, and I know you can address this, but sometimes we see these uh, reports from a pre-buy that want to turn that 1977 A36 into a 2020 G36 in terms of of the standards, and so. We both agree here that your 1977 A36 should not be held to 2020 G36 standards. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and really, what I'm looking for on some of that other stuff is that the uh, when the pre-buy report comes out, I'm looking at what are airworthiness items and oh, yeah. what are what are other items. So, uh, and, and here's the challenge, folks when you're when you're dealing with this kind of stuff. Um, what you got to understand is that 
finding a, an objective answer sometimes can be pretty darn difficult because what one mechanic says uh, may be 180 degrees off what another mechanic says and and the way they interpret the regs may be different and they interpret something as being airworthy when another mechanic may not and they both may be right and then you throw on top of it whatever FISDO they operate from underneath and we <laughs> yes. know there is no standardization within the Fed world because uh, you can talk to whatever FISDO will give you the answer you're looking for. What's that S stand for? FISDO. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. It used to be standards. I'm not sure what it is. But... Uh, uh, so, you know, you can have an airplane that is uh, a Part 91 operated airplane, which is most of the customers that we're working with. And so, uh, you know, service bulletins and service letters and any of those things don't have to be complied with. In fact, most 91 operators don't comply with with a majority of them. Uh, but, you know, sometimes that report will show, well, I've got this and this and this uh, service bulletin-wise that aren't complied with. And we'll have buyers that want those things complied with. Well, you know, the seller, he's, he was not operating that airplane under that under that rule and and now you're raising that standard that he should not be expected to uh, adhere to oh that's right that's that's a very fair point and 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 you I was thinking a moment ago about mechanics many uh, many A&P's have a certain thing about a certain type airplane that's their big deal well you always want to watch this on these moonies or you want to know this about this this Saratoga and and the next mechanic, well, yeah, that, that, we see that once in a while. It's no big deal. So for some reason, you get it's interesting how you get personalities involved in right. this. And so you evaluating a pre bike, and if you're a seller too, you know you you getting the results of the pre buy. You know you need to need to take it with a little bit of a I don't want to say a grain of salt, but you really want to you want to be careful in in how you think about it. Don't get too upset. Right, but yet, you know, recognize it may be a concern, and and for both sides, be willing to walk away if you need to. Yeah, you know, if it's not getting resolved, uh, you, know, you know, the seller should be for the most part expected to um, to take it take care of airworthiness items that are currently unairworthy. You know, uh, sometimes that can be negotiated uh, to where the buyer pays for part of it, depending on the price of the airplane. But uh, you know the seller is um, uh, they're they're looking for they're looking actually to get out of that airplane as quickly as they can. It's just the nature of people selling things, right? They they want to move on, uh, and so most of the time, most of those sellers will say, "Okay, uh, let me fix this, this, and this." That being said, whether you're the buyer or the seller, the purchase agreement that you're using needs to give you an out for both sides. So right. I, I like to use I like to paint a, a worst case scenario to, to sellers. Let's say that uh, uh, let's say that, you know they your airplane goes through pre purchase inspection and they find that the wing spar is cracked. So there's not much you can find worse than that. So uh, do you as the seller want to be expected to have to sell that airplane to the buyer? Uh, no, probably not. It might be time to total that airplane and claim insurance on it. That might be your better option. Uh, same thing as the buyer. Do you want to be forced to accept the airplane regardless of what comes out of the pre-purchase inspection report? And the answer there is two is no. So the, the contract needs to be equitable so that it allows uh, a reasonable 
room to maneuver should either party want to get out of the agreement for sound reasons. I think it's almost like a closer look in the sense of, I mean, obviously it's a deeper dive into the air, but it's, if you arrived at an airport just to do a visual inspection of an airplane and you looked looked at it and you found things you just didn't like, whether it's the paint job or whatever it may be, you just didn't like it, well, you'd walk away. Well, it kind of what you're saying is the same thing, but at a deeper level with a, with yeah. a mechanical inspection. Uh, you're, you know, you found something that, this isn't there, and that's the walk away, you know, if you have to at that point. And sometimes sometimes that happens, you know, the, sometimes. The difference is it this this inspection costs you some money. So let's talk about that. How much does a pre-buy What, what have you cost? seen? Well, I've seen probably as low as seven or $800 up to, you know, if you're talking in uh, a, maybe, let's say, a Baron or something, a twin, because there's going to be more involved in that. Uh, you know, you can get into couple three thousand dollars or more so and i'm just talking about a pre-buy now i'm not talking about going into an annual or anything like that so right. that's what i've seen now what are you yeah I, I agree with you uh the thing that people should know is that this is just the ins- cost for the inspection they're really they're opening up stuff and they're looking at it. they are not fixing anything right. so the cost to fix anything is going to come on top of that and so it, it could it could be you know the end product i mean you take a you take a twin, uh, especially like a twin Cessna. Uh, you know, I've seen some of these pre-buys come out of there with $40,000 of items that needed to yes. be repaired once they got into it. But, um, you know, it's it can be very extensive and very expensive. One thing that is important to understand, too, is that, you know, mechanics, when, they, when they're a good shop, when they're putting together this pre-purchase inspection report, it's going to have a whole litany of stuff on there. You know, it's going to be, it's going to list all kinds of, of things. And uh, some of them are important. Some of them really aren't. Some of them are just kind of nice to knows for later on when you you know have the airplane 500 hours from now. This might be due, or that might be due, or maybe it's just a, a comment on something. And, and that's great for the buyer. But as the seller, you really need to brace yourself for that report and not not let your emotions uh, and your ego get in the way. Because sometimes I, I, I discuss this with our selling clients a lot. You know, it's not uncommon. Don't be don't be afraid or don't be don't be worried that, that this report came out and is three pages long, because we're going to go through it and highlight the items that are really important here, and it might end up being a half a page, if that. So, uh, you know, people don't want to say, "Well, I've taken better care of my airplane than that." That's not the point. The point is is to highlight these things to the the new uh, the new owner, and that's what the shop's trying to do. They're just trying to give that guy. They're not trying to. You know, they're not trying to trump up charges or anything like that. They're just trying to give him a, a good uh, indication of what he's getting into. He paid for their services, and that's right. part of their service. So that's exactly right. And and as a seller, uh, whatever price you've negotiated prior to the pre-buy, well, probably 75% of the time anyway, you can plan to have some expense come off of that price or somehow maybe maybe <coughs> excuse me you pay for a fix that, that that has been found on the pre-buy separately and you sell the airplane for the original price that you agreed upon but there's probably going to be something in there that's going to cost something right. you know we see that as becoming a problem area I touched on this a few minutes ago but you have um, you have an airplane that is uh, a great airplane the engine's TBO and so 
And the price that was agreed upon reflected that fact. The right. engine's run out. Okay, yeah. Buyer's going to have to replace it as soon as he buys the airplane. But sometimes that, that pre-purchase inspection report will come out and say, well, you've got low compressions on cylinders two, three, and four, you know, and you've got a leaking seal on your prop hub, and, and you know, the, the baffles are getting bad. And, and now the buyer comes back and says, well, I'd like to have these items repaired. No, 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 no. Sorry, those are off the table because um, you've already agreed on the price knowing that all that stuff is going to have to be replaced anyway. Right, and, th- and that's a good point, and that's, that's why you, you know, sometimes having help on, on these makes a lot of sense because uh, you, you may not realize that as a seller or as a, as a buyer. You can, you can miss that stuff. That's where sometimes I know we earn our, uh, our money in that just from scenarios that have come up where, you know, if, if, it had not, if we had not been involved, I believe something would have been not discovered, which would have cost perhaps the seller or the buyer, in some cases, several thousand dollars, you know, right. so. That's just the beauty of being able to, see, we've seen so many things over and over again that, uh, you know, somebody who sold an airplane once or maybe even four or five times doesn't ever have the opportunity right. to see. Right, So what's, what's your thoughts, Todd, on, uh, uh, I'm going to put it in air quotes here, but the, the brother-in-law uh, pre-buy. So the, the, your home shop doing the pre-buy for the buyer. You know, that's a that's a good question, and, and I think, once again, the answer is it depends. Now, if that's the shop that's worked on the airplane for several years, uh, it's almost always best to have another shop because, back to my point earlier about certain mechanics have certain things that they really focus on, and they other mechanics have something else that they really focus on, and... So I think over the course of a few years being maintained at the same shop, uh, there's some things that could be overlooked. Maybe not. Maybe it's a great, maybe they don't miss a thing. But I've even heard people talk about every few years maybe changing where they take the airplane for an annual for that very reason. Uh, I had another thought there. Uh, Oh, I was going to say, though, conversely, I've had a couple of sales this year where the pre-buy has been done at the shop where the airplane is maintained. However, in both cases I'm thinking of, uh, it, was a, it was a new shop. And that's why I said it depends when I started this answer. It was a new shop that didn't mm-hmm. uh, have a long, extensive record with maintaining that particular airplane. And, and so in those cases, and again, these were, these were reputable professional shops, not and nothing against a, a guy who works out of a hangar at the airport by himself. Some of those are the best A&Ps that, that I know. But uh, I think that you look at one of these shops that pro- produces a, an extensive report, uh, you know, gives me a little better level of confidence that everything was checked. So uh, the answer is it depends. In general, I think it's best to go to a, a third neutral place, but... It's not a hundred percent hard and fast. What are your thoughts? Right. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you totally. Uh, and the thing about a pre-buy, as with any uh, maintenance you do on your airplane, this this is kind of a, a pet peeve of mine. And I, I want to give kind of a shout out to some of the mechanics that are out there. Uh, most of these folks do a, a tremendous job with what they do. 
and they're very dedicated and they're very passionate about general aviation. But uh, I, I can only imagine the one thing that drives them nuts is the owner or the prospective owner coming in and nickel and diming them on their services and on their expertise. Uh, we've seen it time and time again. You know, a, uh, uh, a customer or an owner will drive up in their seventy-five dollars or $80,000 car and they never blink an eye about taking that thing to the dealership who's going to charge them $130 an hour to work on that thing. But if their local mechanic's charging over $100 an hour, they squawk and they gripe and they complain about it all day long. Folks, these are, these are people that we need in the industry, especially now with uh, mechanics uh, being very difficult uh, in some locations to find. So, uh, you know, pay the man. Uh, pay him what he's worth. Oh, that's a great and, and just get it over with, you know, and, 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 and build that reputation. And don't be the guy that, uh, you know, that when you call, they don't want to take your call. Or they, they, you know, the, 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 their book of business is filled because they don't want to deal with you. That's my soapbox, but uh, just, just pay these guys because they do. The ones that, are, that, that do great work, they are worth their weight in gold. They really are. They are, and, and I'm glad you brought that up. That's a great topic. And, and uh, we, I just was thinking, you know, we really very rarely have any pre-buy problems in terms of either someone getting paid or someone uh, or the quality of work or or any of that. I mean, for the most part, 95% of the time, this all goes real smoothly. There are times when, when we've had someone find uh, something that the seller didn't agree with, but overall, I mean, that's most most time it goes pretty darn well, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, it does. It I, really does. One last point, and then we probably ought to wrap this up. But the but how far as a seller should you let your airplane? Oh, you know, move? That's, yeah, we haven't talked about that. That's a great question. So my my rule of thumb is generally uh, as a seller. I, I wouldn't encourage you to let the airplane go more than maybe a half a day's drive from where you live so that if for whatever reason you have to go pick that thing up, it's not a tremendous inconvenience to get it. Now, that doesn't always work based on what kind of airplane it is and, and the geographic location because there may not be mechanics uh, in that you know within that range. But for probably 80% of the country, um, there, there is. So, you know, let your plane go far enough away that you can... Uh, you and the, the buyer both know that it's going to be an independent third party looking at your, your plane. You're going to get a, a good uh, objective analysis of the plane. Uh, but, and it's not, a, you know, it's not in, in the buyer's backyard. It's not in your backyard. Nobody's going to hold your plane hostage. But at the same time, if you have to go get it, it's not going to be a huge inconvenience. You know, a quick gotcha on that. Just to, just, and this is where it's, it's risky, unfortunately, when, you're, when it's time to sell your airplane and the and your annual inspections coming up, and now we're going back to what we started near the start of this uh, this discussion, uh, turning a pre-buy into an annual and things like that. If you're coming up on an annual and you move an airplane a distance, and now they find something wrong, you may you may be in a scenario where a shop that you never knew existed is going to have to do the annual inspection, or that airplane will not be airworthy. Yep. So. If you're close on an annual, you know you definitely want to, in my opinion, keep the uh, keep the pre-buy pretty close too. I mean, when I say close, I mean within a couple weeks. Like you're you're right there at it. You this we've and you and I have had this scenario occur 
had an airplane move a pretty good distance and and then and the annual it, it was a big rush to get the airplane moved and it was not right. what we wanted to do. We didn't want to move it that far, but with the annual coming up, there was just a lot of other factors in this particular deal, but uh, always something to consider when you're selling an airplane and you're close to your annual inspection time. You know, that, that brings up training and other things too. You got a timeline that you're working with. So right now during all this COVID stuff that's going on, uh, you know, we're trying to get an airplane finished up with some work that came after the fact and, uh, and we have training scheduled for the buyer. Um, and we tried to build in enough leeway, but I just got an email from the uh, the mechanic shop the other day that said, "Hey, we got a couple guys out with COVID right now." <laughs> Great! <laughs> I'm glad that we built that time in there, and hopefully it's going to mm. work out. So, you know, you never know something like that's going to pop up. But uh, but anyway, Todd, any last parting thoughts here? No, no, I think that that's just gives uh, food for thought for our listeners. Uh, it's a it's a topic that I'm sure many of you have opinions on, and if you want to share them with us. You know, we're happy to listen. We we might we very well could learn something, honestly. Yeah. So give us a call, uh, 888-773-4249. Check us out at flywildblue.com. Again, uh, if you're looking for for that right airplane and you want to avoid all the hassles and the heartache and uh, and try to find the the right one the first time, we'd love to work with you through our buyer's agent services, Chris, Todd, or Mac. And, uh, again, thanks for subscribing and listening, and make sure to share our podcast. Until next time, we'll see you then. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Wild Blue Podcast. Find us online at flywildblue.com. And don't forget to subscribe and share.